definitely me hotboxing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Hello, this is Saturday Night High. I'm Steph. And I'm Gelda. And or uh, yeah. Good. Sorry. Oh my god, we're talking about um season 46, episode eight. Well, and we should probably also mentioned this is the Saturday Night Live podcast where we get super baked, we watch SNL, we get super baked again, and we talk about SNL. So, yes. That's where we're at. So, yeah, this was hosted by Timothy Chalamet, and the musical guest was Bruce Springsteen. I actually, I texted my dad about this because there was a joke that I know he would like in the cold open, and he goes, who's Timothy Chalamet? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Do I have this in me to explain? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it was <laughs> it was season forty six, episode eight, and it aired last night, December twelfth. Twelve, twelve. Oh gosh, yeah, and uh, the E Street Band were also there because you can't forget them. Um, yeah, I fucking loved this episode. I bitched about it all week and I fucking loved it. I love Timothy Chalamet as host and I would love to see it again. I, there's no way he won't be back in the future. That was fucking incredible. That was the f- best first time hosting job I have seen in a very long time. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, yeah, him and Pete Davidson together. I was loving it. I was such a big fan. It was two New York boys. Timothy Chalamet grew up in New York, didn't know that. His mother was apparently a dancer who was also a background fill-in for SNL. And she apparently almost got spit spit on by Chris Farley. And I actually thought that was really fucking awesome. But she was there in the audience and it was cute. That was crazy. Yeah, and seeing her with her cute little pink sweatshirt. But oh my God, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh Yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we missed the whole fucking cold open. <laughs> Chronology, who cares? Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, the show opened with Kate McKinnon and Heidi Gardner portraying Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. Yeah, so you can understand my notes for this. <laughs> okay, so... Dr. Fauci and Deborah Burks are talking about their legacies, what they're going to do next. Dr. Fauci, he's accepted a role in Biden's administration to help uh, fight coronavirus. And Deborah Burks, well, she's sure she'll be she'll be uh, joining the administration too. And she's the one that almost said no to drinking bleach that one time. And it then turns into a whole sketch about how Dr. Fauci has turned into a sex symbol. And that in normal years, he would be a two, but this year, because he speaks facts, he's a 10. And how they, women are asking if he can be their face mask. Really hard at that. <laughs> I, 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 I did too, but like my mother is like actively into and somehow uh, somewhat attracted by Dr. No Fauci. Like she will, has cut off FaceTimes with me to be like, ooh, Dr. Fauci's on the TV. I have to go listen. And I'm like, what am I? Like, dead meat over here? Like, what the fuck? That's so funny. All right. Go, go get turned on by your old doctor. Whatever. Uh. 
So yeah, I mean, that I did find really funny just because I have witnessed that firsthand, but. I didn't realize that was something that was based in actual fact. Um, I guess the thing that I was going to, or that I like told my dad about is how they said the vaccine needs to be kept at a cold temperature. And so they'll be able to tell if it's cold by the Coors Light can, the mountains turning blue. Like, that, that is just so funny to me. <laughs> we then rolled into Timothy's monologue, which his name was the simplest of all of the potential pronunciations. Timothy Chalamet. Wasn't Timothy Chalamet. It wasn't Timothy. <laughs> Timothy. I don't know why. I read that on Twitter somewhere. I thought it was real. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't fucking know, but I just, everything I've read about him, everything I've heard about him, everything I've seen about him, he seems like such a pretentious little fucking twerp. And he was so down to earth last night and he was just, he was able to make fun of himself. And I mean, he's what, 27? Like, is my he? God, can you imagine? Wait, I need to look up how old he is because I, I have no concept of how old this man is. Um, Hang on. He felt young to me. Oh, shit. Okay, he was, yeah, no. That's much more in line with how old I thought he was. And then last night, I was just like, oh, he's 27. I don't know why I decided he was 27. (laughs) I think he was just more mature than I thought he was going to be. So I was like, well, I've decided this is your age, and that's that. Um, Yeah, so he's apparently 24. Holy fuck, that is depressing. I will say that last night was the first time I've watched SNL and been like, okay, that host is definitely younger than me and they are killing it. Like, fuck. He was really cute last night. I'll say that. (laughs) Something that wasn't cute was when he and Pete Davidson were doing their little piano thing. Pete Davidson like stuck his tongue out at the end. I don't know why he did that. I was like, put that away. (laughs) I didn't see that. Oh no! Yeah. I I wrote, why is his face so angular? Right? And then I wrote, okay, this is working. And oh my God, Timothy Chalamet and Pete Davidson both talking about being from New York and like their different experiences, which is just fucking hilarious bullshit. Um, it's like, you know, there was just these ridiculous New York examples. Uh, what was it? Leaving cookies for Santa in the Board of Authority bathrooms. Um, and then Pete Davidson was talking about his Christmas experiences on Staten Island, where instead of milk and cookies, you leave out Bud Light and a White Claw. And when you hear Santa down, coming down the chimney, it's like, oh, wait, that's just rats. They were cute together, Pete Davidson. They were. And I liked how when Timothy Chalamet got up, he was like dancing and he like kind of danced off the stage. It was like, okay, he's like that. That's what I would do. I'd just be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. the beginning of his monologue, I wasn't sure how to feel about him, but then like he got a little more comfortable, I felt like. Yeah, yeah. I By the end of the monologue, I was like, okay, this is going smoother than anticipated and I don't hate it nearly as much as I thought I would by now. And when I say I don't hate it nearly as much as I thought I would, I didn't hate it at all. Um, so, yeah. The next thing was um, a Rona fam. Christmas. Uh, <laughs> it was just really absurd. It was just, they were all 
the virus and it was Beck Bennett and Cecily Strong as the parents and it was just goofy. <laughs> yeah, their daughter, um, Lauren Holt comes home and she brings her boyfriend who was portrayed by Andrew Dismukes, I think. I think so. And yeah, and he was the uh, he was the big star. He was really well known because he's the one that infected Tom Hanks. That was really funny. Um, when Melissa Villasenor was the Spanish flu and she was like, uno besito, I kill everyone. That was really fucking funny. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Why did they say, come over here, give me a kiss, I'll kill you. <laughs> she can really, even with the tiniest bit, like really bring a sketch. She can really elevate a sketch just with a line. And not everyone on that cast can do that. It's so true. I love her. Um, also, oh my God, the joke, radical Antiba. <laughs> yeah, so Lauren Holt comes home from college with her boyfriend. And the neighbors come over, the herpes. And that was just like, it was just, I mean, it wasn't funny, but it really was like, it was just kind of being like, oh, oh, uh, we're the herpes, I'm oral. And this is my wife, genital, call her Jen. And it's just like, oh no, like this is totally a stereotypical neighbor thing, but with fucking herpes. And they're like, oh, we always show up at stressful times. And we always come back. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, not necessary to the sketch, but it added to it in such an unexpected way. Yeah, just a little fun, just some fun herpes jokes. Right, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, Timothy was the rebel son and he was, he was drinking at 6 p.m. It was Purell, it was alcohol. <laughs> and he's, yeah, becoming Antifa. Yeah, the Antifa joke was fucking amazing. Uh, it's like, you didn't come to any of my NFL games. Uh, yeah, it was just a bunch of Corona jokes at that point. But they were fun. Yeah. Lauren Holt and her boyfriend, well, they were engaged. They're moving into Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, I was like, okay, they had to get that joke in there somewhere. <laughs> they had to, yeah. And yeah, the next one was uh, the Lexus ad. Um... <laughs> And this was, what was it, Beck Bennett and Heidi Gardner, and he bought her a car without asking. <laughs> Truly, it's always kind of what you wonder when you're watching those commercials. Like, who the fuck just goes out and buys their partner a car without talking about that? That is not, so, like, that's not what you do. And so this was just kind of the reality of that and then taking it, taking it to an extreme. Yeah, no, it was... Like, I've witnessed similar fights. <laughs> um, not great. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, the guy had lost his job, and it was like, yeah, Rona's been tough. And she's like, you lost your job in March of 2019. Corona had nothing to do with this. And the neighbor comes over. Uh, Mikey Day? Mikey Day. Yes. So many damn names. It's really hard when you can see the faces and you have to like scroll through the list of names to find the matching one. Such a big cast. And they were all in like every episode, every episode, every sketch tonight. It, yes, this, 
they were really all over the place. It's there. I honestly prefer this when like the cast has smaller bits across the show. I feel that's when the show works the best because it's more about the comedy than the person. So yeah, I thought Timothy was great in this. It was completely understated. His performance as this son watching his parents fight over the car and apparent drinking problems and the mother's infidelities with apparently the neighbor and maybe his father's into his teenage, into his son's teenage. That was gross. That was disgusting. Um, and that was a, the point where I wrote, fuck, Timothy is going to nail this. And that was when I just kind of gave in to allowing myself to enjoy Timothy. Yeah, you can really tell at that point that he was, he's got some talent. So this next bit, I don't know if you had seen this woman, Dion Warwick's um, tweets, but I had seen... Um, one of her tweets for the first time yesterday before this episode actually and it was she had tweeted something along the lines of like Keenan Thompson's been on SNL for as long as I've been alive and I like went to her account and I was like what the fuck <laughs> like who is this <laughs> yeah so Dionne Warwick she's an American singer she is 80 years old and she is an absolute badass learning how to use Twitter and her niece helps her post things. She's figuring out how to tag people. Like there was one where she was like, does anybody know how to get a hold of Taylor Swift? I just want to tell Taylor Swift that I think she's wonderful and having such a nice day. And it was like, this is the cutest fucking thing ever. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> and then she had, uh, guest stars on her show and the first guest star was Harry Styles and it's Timothy Chalamet who is really good at doing Harry Styles I thought (laughs) I mean maybe he is based on what I've heard um so sorry he really was though his impression of Harry Styles was spot the fuck on I thought his well I'm a singer and fashionista who well wink does it for everybody it's like you're not wrong he was really fucking like good at playing this i can't even say it in any other way like he was just good at playing this um they talked about watermelon sugar (laughs) which okay like i found out three weeks ago that that was what watermelon sugar was about like why the fuck did no one tell me and this was the first time that this has happened to me with music where I've been like, oh, that's such a nice song, innocently, and then gone back later and felt really fucking old because it's actually not. And this happened to my mother a number of times where we'd be listening to a Prince song and she'd be like, oh, this is such a wonderful song, driving in cars. And I'm like, Little Red Corvette is not about a Little Red Corvette. And like, I'm reading her lyrics, like, you know, pocket full of Trojans, some of them used, like how many jockeys came before me. It's like, holy shit, this was not subtle at all. And yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so that was the first time Gilda felt old listening to pop. Wow. Yeah, no, I love that song. Had such a great time listening to that song over the summer. (laughs) Yeah. And then Melissa Villasenor, she did a Billie Eilish impression, which was, it was good. I was like, all right, this feels kind of just like thrown in there because 
kind of yeah I, I don't know I didn't think it was necessary to the sketch but it wasn't it was just some like easy Billie Eilish jokes like she called her Ms. William Eilish exactly yeah called her spooky like <laughs> which I mean okay she's not wrong really I, I love Billie Eilish but you know gotta call call spooky spooky not spooky's not bad just gotta recognize and it's her <laughs> yeah and then what we all knew was coming we had chloe Feynman's timothy chalamet impression which i was like oh god i knew they were gonna do this but she was having so much fun and so clearly just loving kind of doing her over-the-top timothy chalamet impersonation and yeah i was just like all right fuck it this is cool and with ego Nuonum's, okay young man settle down that's enough it's like <laughs> this was really good. Ego Nodum and this whole thing was really funny. Like when she did yeah. that, that she went over to the kitchen and the guy was gonna like, <laughs> like I don't even know what the fuck that was. She just did this whole little song and walked away. It was such a good moment. So yeah, it was just throughout the sketch, uh Ego Nodum performed. A number of Dionne Warwick songs and during the cooking segment of her show she walked over to the kitchen sang like 75% of the chorus or something for that's what friends are for popped a snick snack in her mouth hummed the rest of it and walked back over to the set like it was it was so it looked so effortless and perfect it was just it was so wonderful <laughs> and then we went into a pre-record called The Farm and I had no idea what the fuck was going on right. at first. I'm like, all right, like this is either gonna get really dark or really spooky. I didn't really know. It was a slow start. It was. And it's like old fashioned, they're on a farm. I don't know, there's Abigail, Randall, and their son, Ernest. And Randall informs uh, the, the family that he's had to sell the farm or- He's selling the whole farm, yeah. Yeah, selling the whole farm and all the animals and all of them. Yes, all of them. And so Timothy Chalamet goes to the barn and starts singing a song about a about his tiny horse. And he lets his little tiny horse out of the out of his little uh, little jewelry box. And I'm like, why the fuck can't he bring the tiny horse? Like, no one is going to miss the tiny horse. And like, maybe I was just super hormonal, but I cried. <laughs> And I was like, oh no, it's gonna leave the tiny horse behind. And so like he lets the tiny horse go and then it zooms out and it's like the tiny horse is like a stop motion claymation thing. But he was running away and the camera pans out and this horse is just like galloping at full speed but only moving a few inches at a time because he's tiny. And maybe I'm just scarred from season one SNL and Chevy Chase making jokes about baby things getting stepped on and crushed to death but I thought that's where this was going and I was like oh no we're gonna see tiny horse die and that is not oh where it God. went and I was fucking anyway yes that was that was tiny horse and basically all I gotta say is move over little Sebastian yeah oh, I was thinking the same thing about little Sebastian but yeah it was so great to see Timothy Shaw and I just give this his all in terms of acting like he's he's really like showing that he has been nominated for an Oscar with the performance that he gave in this sketch. 
And it was so absurd to see that. And then, you know, the zooming out and it's just the fucking claymation horrors. I was, oh, it fucking sent me. I was laughing so hard. It was so absurd. Yeah, and the sketch ends with uh, Ernest's father, Randall, coming back and saying, he got a loan and they can keep the farm and all of the animals. And he's like, no, no, I can't keep Tiny Horse. He's going to go on to do amazing things. I have to let him go. And it like flashes to all of these like hypothetical things that Tiny Horse would do in terms of like going on the Tonight Show and getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And it's like, what the fuck? Marrying AOC? Like what? Yes. Oh my God. How could I forget about marrying AOC? That was good. (laughs) Okay. And then we rolled right into the first performance the first musical performance by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, and they performed Ghosts from the latest Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band album entitled Letter to You. Yeah, this performance was absolutely amazing. You could tell that Bruce Springsteen was, they, they were just like fucking loving performing live, and they had a summer tour planned for this year, and I said this last night in a tweet i hate 2020 for many reasons but fuck it It, like it robbed us of so much but bruce's planned summer tour i oh my god i was that and the lover tour were like the big show losses for me damn so true yeah but yeah it was just a fucking romping rollicking performance and they were just like thriving off of their energy. They were all like, they had fire in their eyes and they all looked so fucking happy and it made me so happy. And it helped my soul to see Bruce Springsteen playing music, so. They looked good up there. I liked their outfits. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. They always kill it. And like, yeah, they all looked good. Bruce looked very good. Bruce looked like he might've taken Corona to take the opportunity to get some cosmetic surgery, maybe some Botox, but that's completely within his right. He still looked, I mean, he could still get it. I don't care. Yeah. That man is hot. Speaking of Botox, we can go into weekend update. Um, which, I mean, the Botox drugs can come until way later, but. <laughs> so, yeah, there were jokes about the Supreme Court shutting down Donald Trump's attempts to steal the 2020 election, saying that they issued their opinion with an eye roll emoji. And I thought that was fucking great. I laughed. There was a brain scan joke, which I, it's like, well, that I just have to fucking laugh at. I've looked at too many of those and yeah, I prefer to not look at them anymore. Yeah. Um, There was a joke about Donald Trump's tombstone having his Venmo information on it. And I giggled at that. That was pretty funny. I laughed when Michael Che, I don't remember what he was laughing at it for, but he was laughing at Texas. And I was like, yeah. Like he was just laughing. Yeah, so um, he said that the um, Texas, they were the ones leading the charge for this case to go to the Supreme Court saying, oh, oh my God. All of these, um, all of these states, they changed their election laws because of coronavirus, but did they really have the authority to do so? So these mail-in votes are technically, it was some, some fucked up bullshit. And Michael Che choked that it was a plan so crazy that even Texas couldn't execute it. And it was such a good Texas slam. 
I also liked the joke about Bill Barr being a grown-up Cartman from South Park. <laughs> that was unexpected, but yeah. <laughs> like, if there's anything he won't do is stand for more than a few minutes at a time. <laughs> then we had a repeat of one of your favorites. Dr. Wayne, we noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I was laughing when, um, so they were talking about the vaccine and uh, Colin was talking about how it's like there's no major uh, side effects getting the vaccine. And Dr. Wayne, we noticed, was like, oh, we horny for this. There were just some like good little variations on it tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, she Kate McKinnon started squirting water at Colin Jost again. She had these giant syringes, and I think the water yet again got to Colin Jost's mic. So Yeah. I, I don't know if he I, I don't think it affected it for the rest. He might have fixed it, but I definitely heard it. And I was like, God damn it, we have to stop splashing him. Kate McKinnon singing uh we got a we got a vaccine we got a vaccine to the tune of come on eileen was fucking funny i love that (laughs) that was probably my favorite detail (laughs) oh it was kate mckinnon is kate mckinnon because colin jost asked if she was okay she's like no no i'm not okay and she said she wasn't okay she stopped going to therapy she told her therapist that she thought they needed to go to every other week and then she blocked her number (laughs) That was really fucking funny. But also, like, yeah, sometimes finding the right therapist kind of hard. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. dang. And yeah, I guess they kind of talked about uh, the Space Force and how Michael Pence is saying there's going to be two um, locations and they're Tomorrowland and Epcot. It- the Space Force does sound like something Disney would do. And Michael Che had a joke about how Jay-Z started his own like weed side business. And he made a joke about how Beyonce was now married to a 50 year old weed guy. And Michael Che just started laughing. It was like, God ain't done with me yet. So <laughs> that was great. They talked about pay it forward, which, oh my God, like when I used to work in the drive-through, um, people would do pay it forward things around this time of year and they could go on for kind of long um and it would get kind of like not like annoying but like at some point it's just like okay now I have to go out of my way and these people have to they all have to have their like little moment of oh my god really I'll pay for them behind <sighs> it and I'm like okay like, let's, <laughs> like, like I just want to go home please <laughs> it's new for them every time and you are just stuck on repeat for hours uh, so that sounded I was like whoa my heart goes out to those people <laughs> eight fucking 900 god I thought the it ending with, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. That's literally how it ends, yeah. though. If somebody's just like a little too flattered and they're like, oh. <laughs> And then we had Melissa Villasenor as Dolly Parton. And she said, 
and the joke was that she told them she told Colin she was just going to come out and do her bit but she came out as Dolly Parton and Colin Jones was like well you've been trying to get your Dolly Parton your Dolly Parton impression on the show for a while now and she's like no I'm here to talk about Christmas songs and then proceeds to oh she says she was she was here with her regular big old things which is funny because she's very flat chested yes she had prosthetic boobies and it was great <laughs> they were pretty good yeah they it, it was impressive i was like wait is that that's definitely fake and then she made a joke about them being fake she sang jingle bells to the tune of jolene it was it was good it had it was very weirdly placed i can see why it was just kind of thrown in there and like yeah they just wanted she just wanted to do the impression to get it out there so she can do it again it was a good impression i liked when she said okay and i'm gonna sing my favorite song from midnight mass and it was nine to five i was like okay and they just sang nine to five it was fun yeah it was great um so i guess i might talk about the next sketch which was uh one of the holiday baking championship sketches yeah, this has kind of become a yearly thing where, or at least every holiday, for major holidays, I think it's cakes, or I think it's cakes, Jesus, I think it's Christmas, it's obviously cakes. <laughs> yeah, this one, I don't know, it's like we'd seen it before, we knew, I knew where it was going. It wasn't bad, I just didn't write too much town about it. There was a joke about mustard being in cakes. Timothy had made a glow, but it looked like a butt. Yeah, the butthole cake was really something else. And then it started like, I don't know, oozing. Um, and then there was, you know, Kyle Mooney's cake. And I laughed when he said, he was like, no, sir, it's a penis and balls, of course. I did think that was kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. And then we went into the double XL round table. Best love was here. That was great. Yeah, that was unexpected, but like, okay. <laughs> it well, it was because this year is like the year not to have the random drop-ins. Like who, who the fuck is going to, it's like you, there are so many protocols and precautions that you have to take. Like I'm assuming he's the drop-in because he's also working in 30 Rock. Like I'm assuming he's doing the Tonight Show. Um, I don't know that they're back in studio. I think they are. I don't know if the band is, but um yeah, it was unexpected, but it felt normal. I was like, oh, awesome. Celebrity surprise. I like this. It was fun. Yeah, a nice little surprise. And then it was mostly just Pete Davidson and Timothy Chalamet kind of being goofy, um, doing their little like TikTok SoundCloud rapper. White rapper characters. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> their names were guap lord and it was something the ass getter it was like that was their duo name and i was like okay and they just kept talking about the yeet and i was like don't ruin that word i love saying yeet me that like don't anyway um but that it's what's it's what like these children sound like to me rapping on these platforms i am not Excuse me. I am not of their generation, and I think that's very clear. But 
I found it funny simply because I was like, yeah, this tracks. This is what I feel like when I'm scrolling through TikTok. Like, no, no, no. Cute cat. Davidson was like really giving his all in this one, I thought. He was like, he really, like in the skirt skirt, he was selling his enthusiasm. Yes, he was. And And then he did his little rap. (laughs) Well, he did his little rap, but it was like, um, Questlove and, uh, uh, I think, was it Punky Johnson playing Queen Latifah? Yeah. All right. Maybe a little too much weed. Um, so yeah, Punky Johnson, mm-hmm. it was Queen Latifah and Questlove. They were trying to like figure out, okay, who are your influences? And they're like, oh, the car rats, the car rats. And like, that's not a thing. Who is that? And they figure out that Pete Davidson and t- Timothy Shelfair actually talking about the Kia hamsters from the Kia car commercials. That was actually a really good joke. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was, that was really it. Yeah. And then we went into Bruce Springsteen and the East Street Band performance number two, and they performed... I'll see you in my dreams, which is another fucking rocker. I loved it. I miss live music. Bring it back. I want to get vaccinated. I need to go dance. Um, yeah, it was just, oh my God. I don't know. It was just happy and it felt full of life and it was rock and roll. And I don't know. It was a good vibe. It made me really happy. It was a good vibe. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen is like the best live classic act that you can see today. And yeah, this was like as good as it gets musical guest wise for me on Saturday Night Live. I was, I will say that I was slightly disappointed. I figured with um, the E Street Band's, Bruce and the E Street Band's involvement in the promos, I thought, oh, Maybe um, maybe they'd be in the show a bit, uh, but I mean, it's not a problem that they weren't. I just, you know, I guess I could say I was a little disappointed. I suspected that like the Tiny Horse song could have maybe been at least influenced by me. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> that is true. And I do want to mention that um, yeah, I did notice. I was like, wait, there's a random dude. There's a random bass player back there. That is not an E Street Band member. And the pictures looked a little off. Um, the bass, Their bassist, uh, Gary Talent, Gary W. Talent, uh, and their violinist, Susie Tyrell, both opted to stay at home due to COVID-19 travel concerns. So that was not the full E Street Band, if you will, but you know. The COVID fill-ins. Mm-hmm. The scabs, if you will. No, I'm kidding. That's a bad joke. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, they're fine. <laughs> they were good. I don't know. I say Jack Daly of the Disciples of Soul. Uh, that is um, little uh, little Stephen and the Disciples of Soul. Um, oh God, that album. There is an album. The uh, the guy with the bandana. <clears throat> he was uh, like the shorter guy with the bandana and he was like, can I play Dr. Fauci? That one, that's Steve Van Zandt. He played Silvio Dante on The Sopranos. Um, but he has a band 
Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul, and they have an album called Men Without Women that is fucking incredible. And it was introduced to me, or an ex introduced that album to me. And like, I got it, I uh, like fucking mint condition at a vinyl shop up in that way, you know, a few years ago. I was so happy. Anyway, Whoa. that has nothing. I feel like music that an ex introduced you to is kind of cursed though. No. Oh, well, yes, yes. In general, yes. This music, we both shared a love of Bruce Springsteen. And he was like, yo, you don't know about this album. You have to listen to it. And like, things ended very well. It was not an acrimonious split. I think that's the word. Yeah, no, that, that music is not cursed. That music was like a gift music. Now, Rush, that's another story for another day. Cannot listen to Rush. Fuck Rush. Um, <laughs> they are cursed. And this next sketch also hit with me. I am a Jets fan. I thought this was fucking hilarious. And this was like, this, I grew up around people. This sounded like this in how they talk about the Jets. So just need to confess that. Go on. Yeah, you need to do this because this. <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> Um, okay. I mean, I don't really know fuck all about sports. So when it, you know, this sketch starts and they're like, oh, we're sports max. It's like news max, but sports. And they're saying, you know, the game's rigged. I was like, mm, am I here for this? This is just sports stuff. But then like <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and Pete Davidson come on and they had me laughing real hard. It was, they, they were saying like Newsmax, Trump could still win. And then these Jets fans were saying, oh, it's rigged. And it was like, okay, they're being fed this whole election was rigged thing. And they're Jets fans and it's rigged. And the joke here is that the Jets are 0-12 this season. Like they have not won a single fucking game. So the joke being that, oh my God, it's all rigged against us. And how could they not win a single game? They're the greatest team ever. And like, just this fucking ridiculous reasoning as to why the Jets are amazing and it's like fire Adam Gase I have a I'm a Jets fan who has a love-hate relationship with this team this sketch was accurate as fuck to the point where was like laughing and being like holy shit like this is this is not far off it's exaggerated but not far off (laughs) so yeah Jets fans can be very very fervent I thought the character that what's his name? Timothy Chalamet did was so funny. He was like (laughs) sweating and yelling and you could see like veins popping in his face as he's getting really passionate about what he's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there was a, uh, I think it was Mikey Day. God damn it. I can, his face, I like his face so much and I can never remember his fucking name. Um, There, he was a, Weather reporter standing outside MetLife Stadium, which looks like a giant fucking toaster. He's standing outside the toaster giving a weather report. And he's like, yeah, it's 68 and sunny. And he's like standing in the middle of a fucking blizzard. (laughs) He was cute in that. That was, that was the show. Yeah, because they had extra time at the end of the night, which is like something that really does... 30 seconds yeah that does not happen and he was like they told me I had 30 seconds and to say whatever I wanted and it was just like well that's not something that often 
I was say whatever you wanted. That could go very poorly, Lauren. Uh, he, yeah, Timothy Chalamet had a really nice message saying that this year has been rough and he urged people to practice kindness. And I completely agree with that. Sweet. What was, in your opinion, the best or your favorite sketch of the night? That's tough because there were a lot of really good sketches, but I have to say Tiny Horse, that um, performance by Timothy Chalamet. That was great. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, his performance in that, he was singing, there was acting, there was like glow lighting, there was stop motion clay horses. It was, it was perfect. Everything good. Um, yeah, that was, that was a very good one. I think, I think my favorite was the Rona family Christmas. I thought Timothy Chalamet playing uh, rebellious Rona and he was going to get the vaccine. Oh, he's going Antiva. It was like, I, I just, everything was perfect. Uh, Melissa Villasenor in the corner as the Spanish flu. It was every part of that sketch checked for me. That was almost my top sketch because yeah, it was just like, it was goofy and fun. I loved it. I would say Tiny Horse was almost my top one, but there was just something that it was like, okay, this is funny, but I don't really, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just, it clicked, but it didn't click as much as Rona family did for me. Don't know why. They're different flavors. What was your worst? Um, I don't know. It's a pretty good question. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking probably like I didn't like going into this, the monologue, I was a little bit nervous he seemed to kind of be like breaking as he was reading the cue cards. And I was like, ooh, I don't know how to feel about this man. I was a little bit scared in that moment, but he won me over after that. But he had to win me over and that was, you know. Okay. Yeah, the monologue, I, I, was, I was also nervous going into it, but once I saw him like giggling and laughing when he was sitting at the piano, I was like, okay. I, I, he seems to be at least having more fun now that there's someone else out there with him. And yeah, the piano is where it kind of turned. Yeah. And that's what I was like, okay, this, this works. Um, I think my least favorite was the holiday cake sketch. It just, oh yeah. And the reason I decided it was my least favorite was because I completely forgot it was in the show until I was slipping through my notes and I was like, oh yeah, I guess. I didn't really laugh during that. No, it wasn't like anything like really new or no. yeah. But yeah, so you can find us on every podcast platform or at least most of them. We'd love it if you would like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. We see you Brazil too. <laughs> <laughs> um and our social media usernames are Sat Night High Pod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter, where we will not be live tweeting Saturday Night Live when we can, you know, when we can. But <laughs> I'm just gonna say it will happen, but it's only gonna happen because you're doing it, which oh my god, thank you. It was so smart. 
No, you're welcome. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Oh my God, Bruce Springsteen. Like I hopped on Twitter and I used to watch Saturday Night Live with Twitter up all the time. I don't why, don't know why this is just occurring to me now because SNL Twitter used to be where I lived on Saturday nights. So yeah, you can find Gilda there. I love watching Twitter, or watching Twitter, watching TV and being on Twitter at the same time for live things. Yeah, it's your, you're experiencing what you're watching with other people, even if you don't know that it's a real communal feeling. But anyway, yeah, find us on Twitter. Anytime SNL is live, Gilda will do her best to live tweet it. Um, yeah, so you can do that. Our website is uh, satnighthighpod.com. Our Gmail is satnighthighpod at gmail.com. So you can also send things there. But funny things, recommendations, suggestions, nothing inappropriate. Send us your live tweets directly. Just directly email them to us. <laughs> email it, yeah. Jesus Anyway, yeah, so uh, stay healthy, be well, and happy highs. Happy highs.